0: That painful week 18 loss to the Green Bay Packers is exactly what you sign up for next year if the Chicago Bears don't fire Matt Eberflus and the coaching staff. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked on Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked on Bears. You can like Locked on Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked on Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you subscribe to the Locked on Bears podcast on YouTube for all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked on Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every, make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. On the show today, we recap a painful, kind of pitiful Chicago Bears loss to the Green Bay Packers. And as you might expect There's going to be a lot of negativity on the podcast today. I I try not to be an overly negative person in in life, but also on the podcast here. But really need to hammer home why this game encapsulates, why all along firing Matt Eberflus, firing Luke Getzey, cleaning out this coaching staff is the best Move for the Chicago Bears. We'll look at some of the specific aspects in the game that really kind of sealed the deal and are examples of what we've seen over the course of the last two seasons, all in one season ending game this week. But we'll try and wrap up with a few positive moments to take away. There were a few things in this game to like that, you know, we'll give credit where credit's due and at least try and find something positive to go into the offseason with. But this performance in its entirety is exactly why you fire the coaching staff, and honestly, why you let the new coaching staff pick its quarterback. I suppose they could pick Justin Fields, but largely you're not going to force the next coach to take on Justin Fields. The 17-9 to final score, don't let that fool you. Like 17 points in a vacuum is a good defensive performance, right? You held the other team to 17 points. That doesn't tell the story of how this Chicago Bears defense performed. What does tell the story of how the Chicago Bears defense performed in one stat, I guess. Number of punts by the Green Bay Packers offense in this game, zero. The Packers never punted. The Bears never forced the Packers to punt. This Bears defense did not play well. Problem was the offense was was even worse. And this is not a game to me that on either side of the ball, you can just purely blame the injuries or the referees. Like This to me is coaching. Like, sure, defensively, Jalen Johnson's not out there. That is a big loss. And, and Green Bay win after Terrell Smith, especially early on there. But Jordan Love had wide open throws all over the field. He had throws past Tyreek Stevenson, past the linebackers, past the safeties. There were way too easy passes downfield at all areas and levels of this Bears defense. And even if Jalen Johnson was out there, sure, it makes a difference. But he's not stopping all of those easy completions for Jordan Love. Jalen Johnson being out there doesn't generate a pass rush on Jordan Love. They could not get pressure consistently in this game. And you can blame the players. You can blame the coaching staff as well for really not being aggressive, not blitzing very much. Uh, Montez Sweat was off the field on a lot of key third downs. If you look at who's on the defensive line, they rotate guys and they always seem to time it poorly on their end. That Sweat's off the field. is third down, you got Rasheem Green and Dominique Robinson trying to get after Jordan Love. Those are coaching decisions you've got maddie sitting back in soft zones making it way too easy for matt lafleur and jordan love to march up and down the field of course the running game running all over this Bears defense and the de- coaching staff unable to adjust to that over the course of the game despite having essentially a fully healthy front seven that's been good in, in a lot of other games this season against lesser running backs lesser offensive minds across them Jalen johnson being healthy doesn't solve that issue same thing with the injuries on offense like if Lucas Patrick and Nate Davis were healthy all game, I don't know that that fixes the offensive line issues there. I mean, Tevin Jenkins has been your best lineman all season. And he got his ass whooped like two or three times in that game, just one-on-one pass protection, beaten, embarrassed. Like he's been so good this season. Like I'm not anti Tevin Jenkins, but he had his worst game of the season at the worst possible time. The communication on the offensive line was not good. You also had Justin Fields run into at least two of his sacks were plays where he steps up and runs into the pass rusher instead of running away from the pass rusher. And I know like that's easier said than done. It's an easy thing to jump on, but it's an area that we wanted to see growth from Justin Fields, and we haven't seen enough of it consistently in that area. He made some nice throws in this game, and we'll talk about a few of those at the end of the podcast when we look for positive things in this game. He also missed some throws too, like some easy ones that really shouldn't miss at this stage of the season against a really, really bad Joe Barry defense. Like the Carolina Panthers and Bryce Young, with their fired head coach and fired staff that gave up this season, put up 30 points on this on this Packers defense just, was that last week or two weeks ago, however long ago that was for them. And Justin Fields, while he certainly had offensive line issues and play calling issues and scheme issues, he didn't have a single of those like big time hero plays where it's just like... Wow, what a spectacular way that he overcame all odds against a bad defense. Like, that's the thing. If it was a great defense, okay, you're not going to be a hero and make spectacular plays against a great defense. But in the biggest moment with their backs against the wall, he, he wasn't able to overcome what the limitations were. And franchise quarterbacks find ways to overcome, right? He didn't need to do everything. Didn't need to score 40 points. He needed to do more against a bad defense. With DJ Moore out there, by the way. Certainly, Luke Getzi's play calling a bigger problem than Justin Fields in this game. They kept running the toss plays from the shotgun over and over again. Tackle for loss, tackle for loss, no gain. Then the screen passes, third and 22 down down the, in, at the end there. Wide receiver screen while Justin Fields throws it into the sideline. So terrible throw and terrible play call. And that, to me, like, starts to sum up some of the, the problems with this Bears offense, where like, it can be both true that Luke Getzi is not helping Justin Fields nearly enough and deserves to be fired, and also... Justin Fields is not doing enough and doesn't look like the guy who should be the long-term franchise quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Like get those coaching, get those coaches out of there for sure. And probably get this quarterback out of there. Don't accept this level of mediocrity of below average play. Don't accept 10 losses in a row to the Green Bay Packers, six losses in a row to the Packers for Justin Fields, four losses in a row to the Packers for Matt Eberflus, and not really putting up a fight in any of those four losses. This is not acceptable. And Ryan Poles, Kevin Warren, George McCaskey, the Chicago Bears organization cannot endorse this as something that needs to be brought back and try to be built upon and celebrated as successful progress this season's success. We only got our ass kicked by the Packers by eight points at the end of the season instead of double digits. That's a step forward? Screw that. Get real quality coaches in here that can lead the good players that Ryan Poles has assembled to much better than what we're seeing from Matt Iberflus and Luke Getze. I want to go into some of the specific moments in this game, specific plays, situations that really sealed that and hammered it home as really like salient examples from a game we just watched that remind you like, oh yeah, that's why Iberflus is not the head coach or defensive coordinator for the Bears' future, why Luke Getze is not the offensive coordinator for the Bears' future, and sometimes why Justin Fields isn't the quarterback for the Chicago Bears future, for better or for worse. We'll go through some of those key moments and then we'll find some positivity, I promise. Next on Locked on Bears. This episode of Locked on Bears is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level? Maybe it's bringing in a new head coach. Maybe it's bringing in a new offensive coordinator. LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. And that's why they've created tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. They have a vast network of more than a billion professionals that make it the best place to hire. I'm on LinkedIn. I bet you're on LinkedIn. And if you're not, a lot of your friends, family members, and coworkers, a lot of coaches, a lot of NFL coaches and general managers are also on LinkedIn. If you're trying to hire the right coach for your team, it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. They make the process intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's go through to really hammer this home, the specific moments in this game where you're reminded quickly that either Iberflus isn't the guy, Getsy isn't the guy, or Fields, not the guy. And I think this was so well encapsulated for me on the first drive of the game was this Bears offense in a nutshell. You know, Justin Fields and the and Luke Lucas have generally been pretty good on, you know, the, the offensive script, they call it. You know, the first... It's never an exact amount, you know, 10 to 15 plays, usually the first drive and then maybe a little bit longer. But mostly that first drive is when you see teams generally or when you see the Bears offense has generally been fairly consistent. And in this game, you saw Justin Fields make a couple of nice throws to D, to D.J. Moore and maybe St. Brown on that first drive. Khalil Herbert had a run in there. I think Fields had a nice scramble in there. But then first and 10, you get a sack. And it's one of those sacks where pressure is coming up left tackle and then Fields tries to step up and scramble through it, but he runs into the arms of the pass rusher who had already gone back into the inside. That wasn't really a play where Fields needed to step up and take off in that direction. You look at the pocket, at least watching it live, he could have hung in there. Like the left tackle wasn't fully beat, but when Fields changed where he was moving from, then it changes the angle for the left tackle. The left tackle thinks Fields is still in the pocket. Fields is leaving the pocket. The pass rusher can just step up and go and get Fields. That was a, a sack that Justin Fields moved into unnecessarily. Then after the sack, you get, what was it? Uh, uh, Justin Fields, I think, it was a read option. Fields takes it off the left side for three yards. Okay. Not what I love on second and 16, a running play, because you're second along, and when you run, even if you get three yards, it's not a terrible play, I guess, but it's not great. You are left your third and 13. And what do we get? A screen pass to Khalil Herbert, tackled for a loss, and then the Bears settled for a field goal. A nice one by Cairo Santos to hit the goalpost, and hopefully uh, sort of cure the doink curse maybe by hitting the goalpost and having it go in that feels to me like maybe just maybe you're, cur- you're curing something there but like that's the bears offense right it's it's fields makes a mistake on first down in a sack okay but then so that's like fields being part of the problem but then luke gets he calls a run on second and long, so you're already behind the sticks it's your offensive coordinator putting you behind the six and then he calls a screen on third and long which is rarely has a chance of getting a first down taking the ball out of the hands of your quarterback not letting him be able to make a play to try and get a first down. And it's just dysfunctional on both levels. Defensively, you know, you go through this game, no answer for Aaron Jones running all game. No halftime adjustment there to slow him down. Packers ran the ball down their throats, especially in the second half. Missed tackles, bad angles. Like, isn't that stuff supposed to be the hits principle? Doesn't matter if spent the whole season preaching fundamentals every week. It's like, what do we got to get better on? We got to get better on the fundamentals. We we're having the guys focus on the fundamentals, tackling run fits. Like the thing he's been saying all season that they're focusing on and trying to get better at, they're still having the exact same problems with in week 18 that they had in week one. That's what your head coach is supposed to be here for. And he's been unable to properly instill that against the teams that matter most in the moment's that matter most against an offense with a bunch of young, unproven wide receivers with a bunch of offensive linemen, not in the positions that they were supposed to be playing this season. Like like the Packers find a way to be better in spite of their flaws and the Bears struggle to find ways to overcome their flaws in any way, shape or form. You know, in the under two minute, your defense lets the Packers into field goal range in two plays. They you know, even on, on the first play. They dropped eight back into coverage, a drop eight coverage. One of the defensive linemen dropped back as an extra, they had extra guys in coverage, wide open, first down plus. Like the only thing that stopped the Packers in that under two minute drill, and really in most of this game, was themselves. You know, they mismanaged the clock at the end of the half and didn't get any points. And Andrews Carlson missed a field goal on their first drive. Like that, they stopped themselves in a lot of these kind of situations. Or, you know, there was that slant in the red zone to Dontavian Wicks. He caught at the two of the three yard line and then, ran through two or three tacklers and carried them into the end zone with them. Like the Bears are not physical tackling get guys on the ground team. They're generally pretty soft, not only in their coverage, but in how they hit and tackle after the catch. Certainly against the Packers. Longest play of the offense for the Packers, uh, Reed, Jaden Reed had a 59-yard catch and run. You know, they put it in the cover two hole behind Tyreek Stevenson, but Jaquan Brisker was way out of position in the play, but it was a good concept to try and stretch that part of the zone. And then Eddie Jackson takes a terrible angle so Reed can go for 59 yards. Like, it's the same problems with the same players that have been affecting this team all season in these soft zones. And like, Eberfuss hasn't gotten these guys to get better. And it feels like the same thing for Luke Getze when you've got seven negative plays in the first half. You've got Trent Taylor trying to block Rashawn Gary by design. Like, Luke Getze draws up the play. Where the five foot eight, one hundred and seventy-eight-pound wide receiver, punt returner, Trent Taylor, the smallest guy on your offense at this point, has to come over and try and deliver a hit and a block on six foot four, two hundred and seventy seven pound Rashawn Gary. He literally has six inches and a hundred pounds on him. And that was the design of the play. That was their intention. It wasn't like a oops, wrong place, wrong time. I gotta just try and block somebody. No, they draw it up for Trent Taylor to block Rashawn Gary By design, they're setting themselves up to fail. You look at Justin Fields. You know, Luke Getzi in the third quarter, I guess, goes to five or six straight running plays. The Bears did not attempt a pass in the entire third quarter of this game. And But then you get Justin Fields throwing to Cole Komet in the end zone. Cole Komet blows past his guy, is essentially wide open in the end zone, and Fields underthrows it. It's a dropped interception by, I think, Ballantyne. It's either Ballantyne or Valentine, and the guys are one letter apart, and I can't tell the difference. Should have been picked off right there. Justin Fields escapes the game with no turnovers. Should have been picked off there. It was a bad throw. Justin Fields made some bad throws in this game, and that bad throw was not on Luke Getze. Tight end was wide open. Justin Fields was able to get in a position to fire that pass downfield. Sure, maybe the protection wasn't great on the play. Like there's always there's always things that go wrong, but like Justin's got to hit that play. Like if you're the franchise quarterback, you got to hit the wide open touchdown. You got a f- really good franchise quarterbacks. You don't have to be Patrick Mahomes. You don't have to be Lamar Jackson. If you want to be the franchise quarterback, you got to hit that throw. Like you just have to. And consistently over the course of the season, we don't see Fields do it enough. Like that's at the end of the day where Iberflus is part of the problem, Luke Getzy's part of the problem, and Fields is part of the problem. You can argue about how much each is a part of the problem. And certainly I agree that Iberflus and Getzi are the bigger parts of the problem. But the fact that Fields is part of the problem and you have the number one overall pick and the opportunity to potentially replace him points to him being replaced. But more importantly, Irufusen gets he need to be replaced and the next coach can then figure out what he wants to do at quarterback. That's to me what this game clearly showcases for Ryan for Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren. I Honestly, at this very moment, I'm not confident that they're going to do the right thing, the correct thing for the team and fire the coaching staff. But hey, we'll see. And certainly we'll, we'll break down whatever happens this coming week in terms of coaching changes for this Bears team. But I do want to, I don't want to be super negative and spiteful, all podcasts. Let's go through some of the positives to take away that we can head into the offseason feeling like, oh man, like, okay, those were some nice moments. And that, that might be something to hold on to, to feel like, hey, these guys, there are still ascending young players on this team and guys to like in 2024, regardless of what happens at head coach and quarterback. That's next on Locked on Bears. This episode of Locked on Bears is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one Sports book because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place any five dollar bet. It's 150 bucks free. Add it to your account, win or lose, whether your whether your bet is correct or not. Just because the Bears season is over doesn't mean the betting is over at FanDuel. Of course, you can bet on the playoffs, you can bet on the college football national championship, you can bet on all sports: basketball, hockey, soccer, tennis, golf, you name it. And before you know it, NFL draft bets. And free agency bets will be available as well, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So get your $150 in bonus bets by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. It wasn't 100% all bad in this Bears-Packers game. It's certainly important that we acknowledge All of the bad first, so that talking about the positive doesn't sound like it's excusing the bad or making it feel like it was okay the way the Bears played, or that you you know you should feel good about the game. No, but I don't want to just sit here and rant and be angry for a whole you know thirty minute podcast or whatever. So let's let's go through some uh, some of the positives that stood out in this game. wasn't a ton, admittedly, but some stuff to like. Like for example, Tyreek Stevenson had a couple of really nice pass breakups in this game and forced a fumble on Jordan Love. The Bears did get a turnover in this game. Maybe I mean I don't know do you call it fluky when it's his helmet like I don't know if he was trying to pop it out with his helmet but it worked like one way or the other I, like are you almost like you almost want to be critical of Stevenson for not it was not a good form tackle like it looked like it was a missed tackle but then it the ball also popped out of Jordan Love so it's like still like playmakers make plays and Tyreek Stevenson made a couple of plays like there he also got beat a few times but that's been the Tyreek the Tyreek Stevenson experience as a rookie like generally the big plays help balance out and maybe even outweigh a lot of the negative plays that you've seen along the way. Terrell Smith, the other rookie cornerback, certainly got beat, but had a near interception in the end zone at the end of the first half. And that pass breakup that was almost picked off keeps the Packers from scoring any points before the half. Like that was their shot at the end zone. And he was right there to make a play on the ball and almost get an interception off of Jordan Love. And if he doesn't make that play, Packers maybe score a touchdown there. And instead the Packers get zero points. Like that's a a full seven-point swing in, in the opposite direction there, made by a rookie fifth-round pick at cornerback who, again, you know, he, he hasn't had nearly the experience that Tyreek Stevenson has this season, but if, J, if Jalen Johnson isn't back, like, you might be looking at Smith and Stevenson as your cornerbacks next year, and good to see still, like, flashes every game from Terrell Smith, even if there's, you know, negatives to not, like, in that process, too, but rookie fifth-round pick cornerback nearly makes a big interception for your defense. I'll take that as a positive. How about Demarcus Walker? Your defensive end, the only player to sack Jordan Love in this game, the only sack the Bears got on Jordan Love. I believe it was the first drive, third down in the red zone. DeMarcus Walker basically just one-on-one versus the Packers left tackle, drives him back into Love and then just grabs onto him. I think it was Rasheed Walker as their left tackle. and It was a nice individual pass rush that forced the Packers to settle for a field goal and ultimately miss that field goal. Again, like not quite a seven-point swing, but feels like it could be. Certainly helped keep three points off the board directly by the only sack any player got in this game. Montez Sweat didn't do much, but DeMarcus Walker got a sack in there. Like that's a positive for him to make an impact play. I'm, honestly, a hot take is that I'm not hundred percent sure DeMarcus Walker will be back next season, but you know, contract wise, they could get out of it, but it's a nice finish for him and, and something to, something to really like there. I said early on, a couple of nice throws from Justin Fields in this game. There are a couple on, on the first drive of the game to DJ Moore and Equinemius St. Brown, for sure. Like that one he hit over the middle of the field between defenders, really, really nice. And it's those flashes that make you want to make it work with Justin Fields You're like oh but it's right there it's right there like he does it and he just doesn't doesn't do it enough but the there's a crossing route to DJ Moore I think that might have been on third down too where Fields is like falling away and kind of floats it across to the left side and Moore catches it and turns up field and ends up getting I think like 30 yards on the play it's a nice play by Justin Fields to adjust and throw from an awkward launch angle but still get the ball into the hands of a playmaker in a key down and distance situation and then. Later in the game, I think it was the fourth quarter, because it was on the same drive as the dropped interception, like a few plays before that, Justin Fields hit Cole Komet. Remember Fields, I don't remember if it was a rollout or a scramble to his left, but out of the pocket to the left side, turns his hips, flips his hips, and throws it back kind of across his body to Cole Komet, who settled in the middle of the field, and Komet got lit up right after the catch, but held on. It's a really nice throw and a nice read by Justin Fields, a nice catch by Cole Komet. Like that's what it's supposed to look like. That's what we needed to see more of throughout the entire season, but it is there. And, you know, like in general, it's been a positive how much better Justin Fields has been at sliding as a runner. And I mean, like, holy hell, can the guy get a penalty flag for anything? Like that was the one that he got hit on there by Jonathan Owens was the most egregious one I think I've seen all season. Like you've not heard me on the podcast here. I never complain about the referees. I think it's a waste of time to complain about the referees. Yes, the referees are bad. We all know the referees are bad. You don't need me to tell you the referees are bad. They're not biased against the Chicago Bears. Every team thinks the referees are biased bad against them. They are biased against Justin Fields, it seems, because he's the only goddamn quarterback that can't get a flag when he's hit aggressively in the head. My theory, and this is reckless speculation, so I'm just going to say that on the front end, this is speculation and it's reckless. My theory is that Jonathan Owens' hit on Justin Fields was a little bit of retribution. I think it was a little bit on purpose, a little bit of payback, because earlier in the game, Jaquan Brisker hit Romeo Dobbs so hard that he was coughing up blood on the sideline. And when Romeo Dobbs was injured, Packers Radio Network and the radio broadcast reported that Romeo Dobbs was coughing up blood. And I think it was a play when Jaquan Brisker hit him by the sideline really hard after a catch. And I, uh, my theory, my reckless speculation theory, is that Jonathan Owens saw, saw was it, I don't even remember what receiver I said, was it Dobbs? I think saw Dobbs coughing up blood, was angry and wanted to deliver a hit back as sort of a retribution cheap shot, I guess. And took it there again, saw the opportunity there against fields and took it. That's my theory. Absolutely. Should have been called by the refs should have been called many, many times this season by the refs, but we, we, and even the Chicago bears can't control what the refs do. So there's no point in getting here, yelling about it and getting mad at it because it's not something Eberflus can do better. It's not something fields can do better. It's not something any player can do better. Nothing we can do about it. The refs suck. Okay. But good on fields for sliding more and more and more and trying to avoid those hits even when he still does end up taking them. Anyway, just like bigger picture, uh, one penalty on the Chicago Bears that was accepted. Dan Feeney was called for a hold on one play. I think it was the slide play, actually, that same play. Uh, there was a holding call on Darnell Wright earlier in the game that was declined. That was the dropped interception play, I believe. But like one total penalty accepted for 10 yards. That's pretty good. I can give Eberflus credit for that. The team, the refs let him play, but also the team was fairly disciplined in that regard. Bears didn't turn it over offensively that, that I can, unless I'm f- totally forgetting one, but no interceptions, no fumbles, no actual turnovers by this bears offense. That's, that's pretty good. Like that's something it's part of the equation towards winning, taking care of the ball, I guess, and almost a great special teams play on that punt where I think it was Josh Blackwell jumped in the end zone and tried to tip it back in bounds and actually did, but his foot was in the end zone when he jumped up to tip it out, so it counted a touchback, but they would otherwise downed it at the one. Like, that's good hustle. That's good instincts. That's good special teams playmaking there. Like, there were, some, there were some moments in this game. Some young players played well. Some free agent additions played well. Like, that was there, there was some of that in there. But again, three field goals is all you can amass against the Joe Barry defense, and you never forced the Green Bay Packers offense to punt all game that's not good enough offensively. That's not good enough defensively. It's not good enough from this Bears coaching staff. And to me, it's not something the Bears should bring back and endorse by retaining Matt Eberflus and certainly not retaining Luke Getze, but absolutely not retaining Matt Eberflus either. And let the next head coach decide who your quarterback will be. A lot of storylines to break down going into the offseason. We're not going to bore you to tears or you know burn you out on... Justin Fields, Kayla Williams, Drake may talk over and over again. Trust me, I don't want to talk about it every single podcast. We'll talk about it when we need to, when important actual developments happen, but we're not going to overdo it on the quarterback talk. We're going to talk about all aspects of this Bears team, and certainly hopefully there's a coaching search to talk about, at least an offensive coordinator search to talk about. There's a lot still to head. We're going to break down Ryan Poles' press conference this week and whatever happens with the future of this Chicago Bears team. So make sure then that you're subscribed to the Locked On Bears podcast on YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for listening to Locked On Bears throughout the course of the season, for riding through with us for all 17 games, 18 weeks of this year it's been a tough one man it's been a it's been a long season and like part of i'm sure like part of you might be glad it's done and and i, I you know i need I, i'm looking forward to having a break from bears games every sunday for a little bit but then like by right about february i'm gonna miss having football on our tvs on sunday man Football, you just gotta love the game man i love the game and i love watching football and even when you're losing to the packers like you still miss having the games on every week so In lieu of having that experience, hopefully the podcast can give you just like a small version of the fix. And at the very least, I hope it gives you another opportunity every single day to bear down.